Thank you so much for listening to the second episode of Roots and Wings, a podcast produced by the Tennessee Commission on Children and Youth. I'm Jonquil Newland, the director of Kids Central TN. Today, we're talking to two special guests from Monroe Harding, an organization that provides services and resources for youth in foster care or who are transitioning from foster care. Rhonda Allen is the vice president of programs at Monroe Harding. She's worked with children, families, and children in foster care for more than 23 years. Her colleague, Shan Edmondson, is the director of foster care and has a background in social services dating back to the mid-90s. Welcome to you both, and thank you so much for being guests on Roots and Wings. Thank you. Thank Thank you for for having me here. Well, you know, in starting this, I had to do a little bit of research about Monroe Harding. And just to give our listeners a little bit of background, too, I did not know that it started back in the late 1800s, for lack of better words, as an orphanage. Is there anything you guys want to talk about in regards to just your organization as a whole real quick? Well, I think we have evolved quite a bit. Uh, It did start as an orphanage. Uh, She was, her goal was to help children who were were in need of a place to live. After a few years of having an orphanage, she opened it up to anyone who was in need. So whether or not they were orphans or families who were struggling that needed a place for children to stay, she opened her home up to that. They eventually moved to Monroe Harding's location on Glendale Lane. Uh, And from that location, it has evolved from being cooperative living for young males and young females at one time, uh, to doing foster care, to doing independent living homes for children who are 18 years of age and, and aging out. And so we've come a whole gamut from zero to 26 years of age, uh, serving individuals who have either been in foster care or been touched by the foster care system. Wow, definitely. I know you have a, a history, Shan, in social work. How are you taking that into your role at Monroe Harding as well? So social workers have, you know, a charge to take care of children and families. And so that's first and foremost, that we do no harm to those. And so we want to better the lives of the children and families that we serve. Mm -hmm. Well said. Well, you know, since I've been at TCCY, it's about a year at this point, I've learned a lot about some of the challenges that faith face both youth and foster care, as well as their foster parents. And how does Monroe Harding help foster parents kind of prepare for the therapeutic care that so many children in foster care need? Exactly. Well, we provide a gamut of training. So all parents are trained in PATH, which is Parents as Tender Healers. Well, we take that a step above that. We do additional uh, hours of training that we provide, such as um, strong brains, building strong brains. We do that. We talk about uh, trauma-informed care, which is we call TIPS for short. Uh, We train them in those areas. We also do ongoing training uh, about monthly to provide, and we're there. We provide 24-7 support to the families as well on an ongoing basis to take care of their needs uh, and the children's needs as well. Well said. Rhonda, is there anything you wanted to add to that? No, I think I covered it. Our our biggest stronghold is Mm -hmm. to be there to support the families and make sure the children are receiving what they need. Yeah, well said. Uh, Monroe Harding, as we've kind of already mentioned, they provide so many resources for children and families. But uh, do you think or would you agree that there's an opportunity to put more resources in the areas and the communities where these these children in foster care and their foster families live? 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, there are, are limited resources in some of the rural areas, and those are the areas that we would like to see more resources because our children come from those areas, and we'd like to send them back home to be in their communities. But a lot of times the services that they need are not there. How, how can, for instance, you know, this is a, a TCCY is obviously a state agency, but outside of the state departments, is there a call to action or anything you guys would want to, to kind of point out in regards to uh, what those communities can even do within themselves if there's not already the resources there? I think that um, anytime grassroots uh, organizations come together and, re- and realize the need, they can do wonders for the communities. So we are seeing a lot of small uh, community groups coming together saying, we need to provide for our kids in our community. We need more of that. They need more financial support mm-hmm. to have those things up and running. Uh, but the interest is there. I also think that churches can be a huge support um, from there. So if we could rally behind or if churches could, you know, have sister churches uh, to do that, they could do small sessions, uh, group sessions or some training there. Uh, We know that now therapy is, you know, is teletherapy. And so maybe they could host some teletherapy or even medication management um, because those are some struggles. Uh, So rallying behind them or getting the word out or just being a part of that would always um, could always help. Yeah, well said. And and Rhonda, you kind of mentioned already in regards to the need for, for finances. Obviously, anything uh, more money in any direction in regards to foster children is definitely needed. Um, where where do you think more money can come from? It, it's really hard to say where the money can come from. I just know that the need is there and. Tennessee, in particular, has always been a state that will rise to the need. Uh, I just think enough people need to get behind it and find the money and make sure that it's going to the right causes. Uh, Because we, you know, we talk about the money that comes in from um, visitors coming to our state, how how well that's booming, new people coming to our uh, state to live, how the housing is booming, you know. We need to share some of the wealth. Well said. And just looking on the Monroe Harding website, which is magnificently done, might I add, um, of course, I saw a donation <laughs> button. Um, and I mean, you guys obviously have to rely a lot, I'm, I'm assuming, on donations. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we um, we do. We really, um, I don't know if we could um, do a lot of things we do if it wasn't per, for private donors and um, even people who have uh, bestowed um, some of their trust um, within us. I don't think that we would make it. So for those and for people, you know, t- that want to give back a touch or benefit in some way, not only not just, you know, you find many times people say, well, no, I don't want to take children uh, in my home, but there are a multitude of ways that just a little donation uh, could go a long way in helping to serve children from zero. 
and young adults to 26. Yeah, well said. I, I uh, several months ago, and I'm kind of going just off topic a wee bit, um, but I did. I traveled uh, down to one of those southern counties, and I met a foster family there who over the years have, have fostered dozens of children. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was amazing the amount of resources that was available to them that they knew about, but also the resources that they didn't know about at that time. Do you think there might be an opportunity to try and get the word out to foster families in any way? Well, I was going to say, I think oh. what we try to do is uh, our, our case managers uh, are constantly trying to research and find out what resources are available. And so we share that with our foster families as we become knowledgeable of it and we share it with them. Uh, I think the state as a whole with your, your 211 is a, uh, a good resource for all of our families as well as our staff to reach out and see what's available. Uh, and I think keeping that up and current has been very helpful. Um, it's just really hard sometimes to connect everyone to the services that are there. But we do a lot of advocacy work with different organizations who informs us about new things that are happening or new locations that services are being provided. And we definitely share that with our staff and with our families. Well said. And uh, before we go on to some some of the, our other planned questions, I would, I would love to know a little bit about just in Monroe Harding in general. Uh, are there any specific challenges that you guys think uh, Monroe Harding faces in regards to providing those resources and information to families? Providing resources to family. Um, it's, I guess just knowing and staying abreast ourselves of, of what's out there so we can inform the family. So making sure that the uh, organizations have a presence um, in the community and that they're there and they're at the table at our various meetings such as TCCY meetings or MCCY meetings um, and that we are there as well uh, to connect um, and to just start engaging with each other. So that engagement piece, just making sure um, that we're there. I do um, love Kids Central and I really, um, I share it as much as possible. And so I think the more we see then, the more we tell and we just pass it on um, via social media at least. Um, it's, isn't it amazing how social media has changed the way we as a society operates? Yes. It's only been in the last decade. Yes. <laughs> Maybe less than that. <laughs> and thank you for the plug, by the way, Shan. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, well, let me ask you this real quick. I would love to talk a little bit about um, the challenges you know face children in foster care. What are some of their biggest challenges? I feel right now some of the biggest challenges is having foster homes that can serve the children that are in need. Uh, Tennessee is working very hard to keep children from coming into care, but there are still a great need that that does. We have over 9,000 children in foster care as of today. Uh, And so there is still a need for foster homes, and those foster homes need to be prepared to support and serve uh, and then to help reunite uh, children back to their families. Uh, So some of our biggest challenges is finding those families who can be committed to some tough work uh, supporting our kids. We have children who have come through some very difficult places and they need time to heal. 
and that that support comes from families. Yeah, well said. And that's a great transition, Rhonda. Let me go ahead and talk a little bit about ACEs. And and of course, for those who are listeners who aren't familiar with what ACEs stand for, those stand for Adverse Childhood Experiences. And of course, statistics show that children in foster care uh, often have a higher ACE score than other children. And, and what are some of your suggestions of the best practices to help mitigate the effect effects of ACEs for children in foster care? Oh, we always say the earlier the better. (laughs) Uh, So, of course, getting to a child or to a family who's going through these these trying times and giving them support uh, and the services that they need will mitigate a lot of things later down the road. Uh, Our biggest concern is not that people go through these things, but what kind of support do they have to make it to the other side? And so we can't always stop what's going to happen or what has happened to someone, but we can definitely intervene and try to get them through that process and healed on the other side. Rhonda, you mentioned a little bit earlier in regards to the the challenges children in foster care face, and you you mentioned the word reuniting, um, because I think there is somewhat of a just a belief, for lack of better words, that children don't really get reunited with their birth parents. Uh, once they're in foster care, they kind of stay in foster care and they go throughout life, possibly reuniting them as adults, but maybe never as an actual child. Uh, so, I mean, it's not clear what kind of resources are available for birth parents, but what is your take on that? And do you think there is an opportunity to help them change their environment in order to be able to get their children back as children? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do believe there's a possibility. Uh, And I think, uh, again, the state of Tennessee is looking into what we can do to prevent Mm -hmm. and to support birth families so the children don't have to come into foster care. Uh, But for those that do and need to uh, have that opportunity to reunite. We need to work with the birth families. Um, I think there's been a myth that you can take the child and work with the child and then send the child home and everything is going to be fine. That's not true. Um, The child came from a situation and if you're putting them right back into that, then the child will revert back to that. Uh, And so the goal would be to work with the whole family uh, to provide those services, that the same type of services that we provide for foster families when we bring them in for the support and healing that they need to provide for the foster child. If we could do that for birth families, would turn things around tremendously. Yeah. We often uh, teach in, uh, in our classes co-parenting and working with birth parents. And we have several of our current birth families that do an awesome job with mentoring birth families, you know, being active in the birth family as well as the children's lives where you're encouraging the birth parents to come to softball games or, you know, to medication evaluations or doctor's appointments. Um, we have several uh, several families that do a wonderful job. They um, We have had several that attend church together. So the church not only supports the foster family, but also supports the birth family so that when the children are reunited, then they have caring adults in their lives, the birth families do, as well as the foster family and can, you know, sustain the children at home so they won't return. I did want to add, too, that um, being that there are 9,000 children in custody, the largest needs are from ages 13 to 17. Mm-hmm. Um, it's huge. And then for your larger sibling groups uh, of three or more, uh, which is 
really, really a need. And it's my assumption, obviously, that it's everyone's goal to try and keep sibling groups together as much as possible. Do you know how often it happens where they do get separated once they go into state custody, for instance, or anything like that? It's probably more times than they want. the goal is for always to try to keep them together and so I would say the state as well as private providers work very hard to try to find one one home for all of the siblings regardless of the size mm-hmm. but of course there are guidelines by which how many children can be in a home mm-hmm. so that sometimes limits uh, families from being able to take a full set of siblings especially when there are three or more in their home mm-hmm. uh, and so there are times when there's separation but I will say in the last five to ten years that has um, changed quite a bit to mm-hmm. we, they don't just quickly separate mm-hmm. children uh, they will keep the siblings together at, at cost why, why do you think that changed so much in just the last five to seven years because that's pretty recently right mm-hmm. uh, effort I yeah. think uh, effort just conscious effort and really working with foster families and private agencies and together to keep them uh, understanding with ACEs, the bond um, mm-hmm. there and to be less traumatic um, event to the children that we truly work on that. And then if they are separated, then there's an effort from the state of Tennessee and our private providers to ensure that the siblings do visit and visit often so they can maintain those relationships mm-hmm. and, and connections. Yeah, well said. And Shan, you mentioned just a, a little earlier that um, some of the biggest needs for children in foster care are between like teenage ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just in, in my research, I've, I've learned that uh, part of those big challenges come with transitioning out of foster care. Um, What are some of the biggest challenges children in foster care face as they begin to transition out? That lack of family Mm -hmm. support. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you have been in foster care for most of your teenage years, uh, it is a little bit more difficult to return home. Uh, to their birth family. And so unless there are caring adults that have uh, rallied around that child, they're kind of out there on their own. And And that can be tough for a a kid who may not be grounded as as much as others. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. And 18 is not magic. Uh, (laughs) And so, uh, you know, the the popular belief that when you turn 18, everything is going to be okay. Uh, The reality is you still have to survive throughout the day. You still have to make your living or have a place to live. (laughs) And a lot of young adults nowadays depend on their families. Until they're in their 30s. (laughs) I'm not saying I was one of them. (laughs) Wait, let me me be clear. (laughs) But we know that that's a trend. Uh, And they don't have that. They don't have that bond and a connection with their birth families a lot of times. And that is very difficult. Yeah. Yeah, well said. I I do want to kind of mention as well, There's you know there's a need for more foster parents, foster families. Um, is there anything for our listeners who might have thought about it or maybe had an inkling or are thinking about having children but don't know if they want to adopt or possibly foster? Why would you say anybody um, would want to foster? What would you tell them to be like, yes, this is something you would want to consider? Um, I would say that... The goal of most people who care about children, they are all open to helping them. Uh, One of the biggest fears we hear constantly is, I couldn't give them back up. I couldn't give them up. Uh, But we're here to tell you 
that you're not giving them up, you're giving them a step ahead. And as long as you're willing to help a child, you can foster, you can uh, become a support person to a child in need, to a family in need. And so if you have any inkling that you want to serve children or families, reach out to us. We can find you a niche. Yes, and we're here to answer any (laughs) questions that you may have at any time. We're always there. We have a a website where you can, if you don't want to talk, you can post questions and we'll respond to them as well. Mm -hmm. Well, Shane, go ahead. I mean, for our listeners, uh, they might not be near place, but they can go back and listen a little bit later. What is your website and uh, any contact information you guys would like to to give our listeners now? It's www.myronharding.org. That they can reach out at any time. Our office line is 615-298-5573. And you can contact just anyone in our agency. We'll direct you to any person that you want to speak with. We're very responsive. Well said. You know, I think a lot about the uh, quote, and I I can't honestly quote who said it because I'm not sure, but it goes, you know, it doesn't take a perfect person to be a perfect parent. Exactly. 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 There are no perfect parents. (laughs) We all struggle uh, and learn as we go along, and there are many people who are willing to support people who are trying. Mm But they won't be alone. We'll be there to support them (laughs) all along the way. Yeah, well said. Oh, I really do appreciate both you, Shan and Rhonda, for coming and talking about Monroe Harding. Is there anything I did not ask that you want to make sure our listeners know about or anything that we haven't discussed that you want to get out? No, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you, even if it's just questions Mm -hmm. that in general you want to know about foster care that we can help you with. Uh, We'd be glad to talk with anyone. Exactly. Thank you for hosting us. Well, thank you for being our guest, and and thank you to our listeners, and we'll see you guys next month. This is Jonquil Newland for the Tennessee Commission on Children and Youth for our podcast, Roots and Wings. Mm